Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. In an era before mass shootings, a school gang kills multiple school administrators in Texas. And then we travel to Glen Rock, Wyoming, where we hear the mysterious tale of an entire town that woke up at 2.45 a.m. because someone or something was knocking on their doors. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. However, I have some bad news. And the interesting thing about bad news is you never really appreciated life before the bad news. 9-11, for example. We didn't know, Generation X, we didn't know how good we had it. We had great music, great movies, great television. We had it all. And then we were attacked terrorists took down the Twin Towers, 3,000 casualties. And we look back and we can see a clear line. Demarcation, I believe, is another word I can use. Could be using it incorrectly. So anyways, there's a line there. Pre-9-11, post-9-11. We just had another event like that. We will always remember the times before this. The Halloween on 2019, October 31st, 2019, will forever be known as the last holiday before Baby Yoda. Prepare for the next 10,000 Halloweens, the rest of our lives at least, Baby Yodas. Every baby is going to be dressed up. I am so thankful that we got to experience just one last Halloween. One last Halloween before The Mandalorian came out. It's Baby Yodas all the way down. It's going to be... So many dads, maybe some moms dressed up as the Mandalorian, or he'll be the Mandalorian and the mom will dress up as Kara, the drop trooper. Baby Yodas. So many Baby Yodas. And we will, as an entire species, remember the good old days. When people dress their babies up as corn on the cob, or bunnies, or princesses, that's... It's nothing but Baby Yoda's. And I know what you're thinking, Jason. You're doing a bit, and it's barely funny. This is no bit. This is this is serious, guys. This is DEFCON Yoda Green. I think we should just cancel Halloween at this point. Before it gets too out of hand. Let's go ahead and move on with our first topic here. Finally, we're moving on to our first topic. We are headed to Texas. Houston, Texas, to be specific. The year is 1983. So put on your cowboy hats. We're walking around Texas. Got a cowboy hats and a big old cowboy boots. And we're going to high school. So we're also now de-aged. We're teenagers. So we walk into high school. We're walking around. And I'm going to try out for the football team. You, I don't know. You go to the science lab or drama club or whatever. I'm going. So I'm at the football. <laughs> I've ditched you. You're like, hey, dude, I want to listen to your podcast. I'm all running. Yay. 
I'm young again. I can. I'm doing cartwheels. I can never do a cartwheel. Uh, now I'm trying out for the football team, and you're like sitting in the bleachers, and I'm just yelling the rest of the story. And as we're talking, as I'm talking, and you're like, "What? What? I can't hear you over the sounds of testosterone." All of a sudden, an announcement comes over the loudspeakers. This is your principal speaking. Everyone, hide somewhere. Go, go, go! Run, run, run! We're like ah. Hurry up, go, go, go. They're coming. They're... And then we hear, like, the thing. The microphone is what it's called. Go out. We're like, oh, we're running. Running across the football field. Nowadays, we would assume, you know, like, a school shooting is happening, right? But back then, 1983, that really wasn't a thing. I mean, it was when that dude climbed up that... Wasn't that in Texas, too? The guy with the rifle who was shooting kids at... <laughs> this episode's well-researched. What was that guy? He's real famous. Not Lee Harvey Oswald. Um... He was the guy, I know a bunch of you guys are yelling right now. He was the guy who climbed the clock tower and like shot like a bunch of dudes. Anyways, anyways, that's not the point. So <laughs> as, as I'm standing in the football field trying to remember this guy's name, everyone else has run off in a panic. And you're like, Jason, Jason, it doesn't matter. You just run, run, run. And I'm like, hmm, what is that guy's name? Maybe I should look it up. The point of this segment <laughs> is not to do with that guy. The point of the segment is this. In 1983, around January 1983, the schools of Houston, Texas were plagued by a street gang that was killing school administrators. Principals were getting killed left and right. This gang may kill you, but you could avoid them. If you wore blue, you were spared. Or if you wore blue, you got killed. So now you don't know what to do, right? Depending on the school... You gotta wear blue to be protected, or if you wear blue, you're a target. Sky blue, to be exact. You just can't wear, like, a other blue. Sky blue. You would know this gang, though. See, they had their colors. They'd wear black jackets. Wait, no. Depending on the school, sometimes they would wear sky blue clothing. Wait, no, no. This other school, they actually didn't wear any clothes, or didn't wear any shirt, I guess. They wore pants, but their body was painted sky blue. Which would honestly be the worst gang ever. One of the advantages of being in a gang, well, modern gangs especially, is you have colors that you can fly very, very quickly and discreetly in the right areas. So this gang, though, they're just painted blue. So if he, if a cops are driving on the street and they're like, be on the lookout for this gang, and they look and they see a bunch of blue people, blue man groups in on the corner, they're like, there they are. They're leaving blue hand paint everywhere when they're running. They're like, oh. So who are these guys? Even though each school had a different description, a different way how to avoid getting killed by these guys. Some people said that they showed up at your house. Some people said that they beat you up in the bathroom, killed you in the bathroom. Everyone agreed on the name of this gang. They were called the Smurfs. These guys were the Smurfs. It was a street gang that that actually existed in Houston, Texas. And they pretty much, there's about 50 members, 50 people got arrested for petty larceny, stuff like that. But the legend grew that the Smurfs, rumors were going around, they were killing principals. It's not true. Principals who were rumored to have been killed over the weekend had to get on the loudspeaker at their school and be like, attention, class, I'm not dead. I was not murdered by Smurfs. Please calm down. Parents were keeping their kids out of school. They thought they were going to be attacked by Smurfs. I always think it's interesting when... I always, This is like an urban, urban legend. I, I, I like... We hear all sorts of stories about hitchhiking ghosts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like urban... But this is like a urban legend 
from the streets. And I don't mean that from like a black thing. I mean that like, how many urban legends do you hear that start off in densely packed cities? Usually they're in between the cities or they're remote stories or they're in the suburbs. Every so often you'll come across a urban legend that is city-based. We covered one with the bus in Detroit or Michigan or wherever that was that would take away your soul. We had the uh, Decepticon urban legend and now this one. And I really like the fantasy kind of urban stories that actually take place in an urban environment. So I thought that was interesting. And this is a lead-in because tomorrow we're going to talk about demonic Smurfs. These ones were people who just took on the Smurf name. Apparently huge fans of Peyo. Tomorrow we're going to talk about real life, supposedly, real life stories about Smurfs themselves, three apples high, appearing in our world and attacking children. But first, I got another story for you. So we're leaving behind Texas. Hop in the Jason Jalopy. You know what? I'm going to let you drive this time, too. So I'm going to kick back in the back with my cowboy hat. I got a little piece of wheat in my mouth saying goodbye to all my high school friends. See you guys later. I'll come back for the homecoming game. And they're like, you don't. You're 43 years old. That's weird. I'm like, I'll see you guys later. We get to Wyoming. It's 2.45 a.m. We're in the town of Glenrock. Not only is it 2.45 a.m., more importantly, it's February 27th, 1988. This is out of our 1988 file that I've been doing recently. I've been finding some really good stuff. These are supposed to start off to be short stories, but I'm finding some really cool stuff here. Now, Glenrock, as of 2010, had a population of about 2,500 people. So in 1988, it's going to be less than that. Just to give you an idea of how small this town is. Very, very small town. And it's 2.45 a.m. Ring, ring. Ring, Glenrock Police Department. Hey, um, uh, apparently Michael Jackson lives in this town. Hey, um, I think there's someone outside my house. There's something going on. Can you send someone out? Yeah, yeah, I'll get the information. Click. Ring, ring. Glenrock Police Department. Hey, yeah, um, I, I think there's a prowler outside my house. Oh, oh, okay, we'll get your information. We'll send someone over. Click. Ring, ring. Glen Rock, yeah, you gotta get out here. There's someone outside my house. That goes on. Did <laughs> you like that theater of the mind? Did you, did you feel like you were in that police station? 50 calls within 15 minutes. Someone is outside. Someone's in my backyard. I'm in my car, and I think someone's outside my car. Now, obviously, that's one. You could look out the window, and you could go, there's no one out there. But across the town of Glen Rock, at 2.45 a.m., people woke up. What? what was, who's knocking on my door at this, this hour? Well, I might have imagined the first set, but if I'm hearing it again, there must be... Three sets of three knocks each. And the way I was doing it is very human. That's how a human would knock, right? They said it almost sounded... It was so rhythmic, it was mechanical. This one woman, she hears the first set of knocks. She wakes up. What in the world? Here's the second set of knocks. Goes into the living room. And her dog is just sitting in front of the door staring. And then the third set of knocks. One woman's upstairs. Here's the knocks. As she's coming downstairs, here's the second set of knocks. And her living room was bathed in an orange glow. One woman hears the knocks. She goes to the door. She opens the door, looks out at the dark neighborhood. But was it really dark? This is how she described it. I saw the stars. 
but there was a very bright haze. Then I saw shadows running against the garage. Her dog, her protector, right next to her, just stayed there. Didn't chase the figures that were moving across her yard. Reportedly, the town was covered in a thick fog, but it hovered 10 feet off the ground. Which I think technically is a cloud. But for sake of atmosphere, they use the term fog. The police calls are coming in. Someone's outside my house. Again, someone was in their car. They heard the knocks on the side of the door of their car. People said that it sounded... Some people reported it sounded like a knock. Other people said it sounded like a sledgehammer. Some people said they could hear it coming from like the roof or the attic area. Second story. The phone calls go in. The police start looking around. Rumors start to spread. There was a metallic object spotted hanging over a trailer park at the edge of town. Police cars in pursuit of subjects stop working out of nowhere. Children in aluminum suits running through the darkness. Now, those last three weren't reported really anywhere else but one article. And there's not, what's interesting is that they say that this was reported in a newspaper called the Glen Rock Independent. But when I looked around, when I was looking this information up, because I had the 1988 file, which is just, if you're not a regular listener of the show, I have a series of stories that all take place in 1988. They're small little paragraphs, and sometimes they're interesting enough that I extrapolate out from them. I had that to go off of. When I was looking for the, when I was typing in Glen Rock, Wyoming knockings and stuff like that, there's quite a few websites, but they all seem to kind of go back to each other. And none of them I could find was actually showing the exact article. Now, we've done stories where we find articles from 1898, boat crashes and old ghosts and stuff like that. Old newspapers. 1988 is not long ago. I was 12 in 1988. That was 30 years ago. I could probably find a physical newspaper from 1988, go to a library or something like that. So that's not, maybe not physical. It'd be on microfiche. The point is, is that it's not super long ago. That makes me a little suspicious. Now, this story got popularized by Whitley Schreiber. He's the guy who wrote Communion, which really popularized the idea of the gray aliens, of getting abducted, and all that stuff. I've never read Whitley Stryber. It's funny, I've obviously I know of him. He's very famous in, in the UFO community. But I've never read it. I've never been a huge fan of the stories of gray aliens or alien abductions where they take you aboard and either give you some hippie nature lesson or they put, you know, like they examine you. I, that stuff's never been intriguing to me. So that's why I really don't cover a lot of that stuff on my show, and that's why I wanted to sit down and read this guy's books. Eh, whatever, I get it. Aliens abduct you, and, and if it happened to me, it'd be the most important event in my life. But it hasn't. I don't find it particularly fascinating, unless there's some other crazy element. We have some crazy stories coming up. But anyways, the point is, is that I've never read this dude's books. But he wrote a book about his experience so this is where it gets a little trippy. Now, again, let's assume this is true because it's also possible that this was completely reverse engineer. It never existed. And Whitley Stryber wrote his account of something that happened. And then, but let's just assume that it's real for right now, for the narrative where we're going. Whitley Stryber's hanging out in a cabin. This is after he got abducted by gray aliens the very first time. Very, very popular story. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying he's a fraud or anything like that. I don't know enough about it. I just know that it's gray aliens and stuff like that. Interested in that? They're, you know, knock yourself out reading his books. I don't know anything about him to debunk him. But he writes Communion, and he ties a lot of the alien stories into folklore. 
which I've actually been reading about that as well. Valley, he writes, his idea is that all fairies and gnomes and stuff like that are the same as aliens. Aliens are some sort of interdimensional thing that uses our myths or uses what we currently believe in to communicate with us. So back in the old times, people believed in magic, so they would communicate with us and kidnap us, abduct us as fairies and gnomes. As technology started to get more advanced, it became dirigibles, mystery airships. We talked about that recently. And then as we started dropping nukes and building jet fighters, now they're appearing in these metallic discs and stuff like that. He believes aliens are interdimensional. We'll do a whole story on him, I think, because that's fascinating. But point is this. Whitley Schreiber kind of believes the same thing, that folklore has a lot to do with aliens. And if you look back, knockings is a thing. Poltergeist had the rapping during this... That was a stupid joke. They have the knockings as spiritualists. That's how they communicate with knockings. There's old occult ceremonies that you open and close portals through knocking as well. So he believes, Whitley Schreiber believes that the knocking, specifically the three sets of nine knocks, had some cultural or folklore significance. What happened to him was in August 27th, 1986, 1986, I believe, August 27th, 1986, he'd already been abducted by aliens. He's still trying to figure that stuff out. He's at a remote cabin. It's the last place I would go if I've already been abducted by aliens. He hears knocking. Three sets of three knocks each on his second story near the roof. Wakes him up, totally freaks him out. His cat apparently runs and hides and doesn't come out of its hiding spot for the next day. He hears this knocking. He attributes it to some sort of opening ceremony, folklore, relation thing. Because nothing comes through the... Nothing come, nothing dramatic happens at night. He just hears the three sets of three knocks. He publishes that in a book. Transformations, I believe. And that book comes out a month after this incident in Glenrock. So it's not like these stories were influenced by his books, and his books were huge bestsellers. He actually wrote, like, horror books before this. So he was already an established author. He writes Communion, which is supposedly a true story. It's a bestseller. He's writing these books, so it's possible, if the book came out before, that it was totally just inspired by this creepy story. He's saying, not only is that not the case, my book was published after Glenrock happened. It was written before, but it was published a month later. His event happened on August 27th, 1986. This event that we're talking about now happened on February 27th, 1988 exactly 18 months apart. Now, when I counted it, it was 19 months, but whatever, (laughs) whatever. I I think if you go day to day, it may be 18 months, but and 18 months is three sets of six. Six is three, so three, three, three. So other people have kind of glommed onto this story that a portal, here's a couple different scenarios. One, Whitley Stryber, the knocks he heard was the opening of, of a portal. And he was in the middle of nowhere. And when I say middle of nowhere, it was it was the middle of nowhere, but it was in the state of New York. So it wasn't in Wyoming. It was nowhere near that. So, But it was like a little cabin out in the middle of nowhere in the state of New York. So the knocking he heard may have been the opening of some sort of portal. Now, because he's in, again, in the middle of nowhere, there may have been other knocking that was happening in the vicinity, but he was the only person to report it. It may be some sort of event, knock, knock, whatever. So you have that theory, and then whether or not it was just his house or the rapping happened throughout the forest, who knows? But 18 months later in Glen Rock, Wyoming, 
you have this massive amount. And that was the closing of the portal. That's one theory. The other theory is that Whitley Stryber, that was an opening of a portal, and Glen Rock was the opening of an even bigger portal. There's been theories that us dropping nukes and experimenting with nuclear technology is what attracted UFOs to the world. I've also heard theories that it could have been Aleister Crowley. It could have been the creation of magic. And it's funny because when we look at the early rocket program, you had that dude, um, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was a rocket specialist and an occultist. He used to run with L. Ron Hubbard. They had this thing where they were trying to get, I don't, did I cover this on an earlier episode? He was trying to like, they were trying to get this chick to be pregnant with the Antichrist or something like that, like banging this chick and like L. Ron Hubbard. It was this weird threesome. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember exactly the details, but point is, is that we had these things coinciding at the same time. So what was weird is you, you had this dude, Jack Parsons, you had, the culmination of human scientific discovery and people starting to open their minds up to magic, to rediscovering magic. Wiccan was becoming a big thing as well. So is it possible that it wasn't the nuclear weapon testing that made aliens come to us? Is it possible that Aleister Crowley and these people were actually successful and they opened up some sort of portal that the super bizarre conspiracy theory that aliens are demons from hell, may not be that far-fetched. That they may not be this super-advanced technological species, but a species, another species, yes. But not just from another planet, not just from another dimension, as Valet would say, but from hell. Demons. The knocking of nine is an occult thing. It's a numerological thing. You can find occult references to three sets of three knockings. Does that, do these simple little stories put together make us think that, yes, all aliens are demons? I don't think there's enough evidence there to support that. I do think that it's a path worth looking into, but I don't necessarily think it is. I think the answer might actually be more mundane than that. And no, I'm not going to be so skeptical that I think a guy was running around Glen Rock, knocking on people's houses and the car doors and stuff like that. Here's the thing. We don't know what Whitley Stryber, sure, got abducted by aliens, but nothing ever happens in a vacuum. I could be abducted by aliens tonight, and they would get wrecked. I would break their bones. But I could get abducted by aliens tonight. That wouldn't mean that all the stories I've ever experienced with ghosts and demons and stuff like that doesn't mean those things never happened, right? Nothing happens in a vacuum. Unless it's the vacuum of space and you're on a UFO. I could have ghost stories and see all this stuff and interact with this crazy stuff and get abducted by aliens. It's possible that Whitley Schreiber, the knocking on his house, was not a alien at all. He was in a haunted house, right? It's possible. So what does that have to do with Glenrock? Glenrock, now this might not fit so magically, numerically, and things like that, but Glenrock was actually the site of a mass casualty event. No, it wasn't the Smurfs. They didn't attack the school. On September 23rd, 1923, there's a lot of threes there, isn't there? Two, three, two, three. And I'm not one of those guys. Also, September's the ninth month of the year. I, you can listen to countless episodes where I talk trash about people who do stuff with numbers. However, there are some weird numbers in this one. September, ninth month of the year, nine knocks, two, three. That we're back to that satanic number six. 1923, nine, two, three. Train is driving through Glen Rock. Now, there was a massive rainstorm for the previous three days. 
and it wiped away one of the bridges over Coal Creek. Now, this train has a bunch of passengers on it. Choo-choo, going through. Rain's coming. This is terrifying, and I always hate this image, but the train's coming around the track, and right when you come around the track, that's where the bridge is supposed to be. There were survivors of this incident, and, and according to them, the train's going at normal speed. It's going like 30 miles an hour. And it comes around the track, and that brake is pulled a couple feet before it goes off the rails. Like, imagine going off a cliff and then hitting the brakes. And again, you could be 10 feet from going off the cliffs and hit the brake. It's not going to do any good. But you still have that natural instinct. The conductor pulled that brake as the train is going into the air. Crashes into the river. It actually digs into the soft silt and the dirt. The the water, it's still flooded down there. The It had five train cars. The first car goes in, just completely destroyed on impact. The next three cars pile on top of each other, completely destroying the third car. It's sandwiched in between the second and the fourth car. Fifth car is kind of off somewhere. They have to start rescuing people. A rescue train shows up. I didn't even know there was such a thing. It has a big siren on it. It's, but it's not any louder than the train itself, so it doesn't really work. Rescue train shows up. You have to throw a rope over this raging river, and people are having to climb. Just passengers on a train. This isn't Sylvester Stallone's cliffhanger. They're not going to the Alps. These are just normal people, and they're having to do hand over hand over this raging river to get... One guy was carrying a baby. It was nuts. But anyways, 66 passengers are on this train. 30 dead. Now, again, not a huge fan of numerology because you can bend them in anything, but there's a lot of three. So what does this have to do with anything, Jason? Well, what if this was just ghosts? Instead of aliens, instead of it matching up 18 months from Whitley Stryber's thing, what if Whitley Stryber's thing wasn't some sort of portal? What he experienced was ghostly activity. And what these people in Glen Rock experienced was ghostly activity. There's no proof that there was a, some sort of metallic object over the trailer park. The car's shutting down. We don't know any of that stuff. Aliens, when we look at stories of aliens, has there ever been a time where they're, they've done anything like this before either? That's something else we should look at. Basically harass an entire neighborhood. But there are times where ghosts have done this. Maybe not an entire neighborhood, but there are definitely times where ghosts have done knocking. That's very more... If you said you heard an unusual knocking in your house, would you... If you had never been abducted by an alien or never seen a ghost, but every night or once a week or whatever, <laughs> you hear nine knocks, would you, based on your mythology, would you base that on ghosts or base that on aliens? If Whitley Stryber had never been abducted by an alien, he would have assumed that was a ghost in his attic. And he's the one, Whitley Stryber's the one who really talks about this story in Glenrock. So it has an alien haze to it. But it's possible that it's just ghosts. Assuming that story's true at all. It's possible that it's not aliens, but something more mundane in the sense that it's lost spirits from this train crash. It's some sort of passing of spirits. That's why there's so many of them, because so many people passed. It's funny to say that ghosts make more sense than aliens, but in, I think in this case it does. Obviously, if you see like a metal disc flying through the sky and a bunch of aliens jump out of it with power rifles, you're not going to go, hmm, I wonder where all those, I wonder if anyone's died here. Is there an Indian burial ground? That would make you think they're aliens. But but again, that so that's the mundane answer, ghosts. Whitley Stryber and others have the answer of aliens. But the answer may lie somewhere in between. No, not ghost aliens. So it's a gamble. 
When you wake up later and you hear that first set of knocks, it's a gamble whether or not you open that door. If it's a ghost, what's the worst it's going to do? Knock your pots and pans around, make you lose a couple pennies, hide under your bed. If it's an alien, you may get abducted. You may get put back in your bed after a good night's sleep and a head full of false memories. But you don't know until you open that door. Because it could be a ghost that wants vengeance. That doesn't want to stay invisible and hide. But wants a new body to commit evil acts. or. It could be an alien that has no intention of returning you to your bed, or even to Earth, but turning you into some sort of experiment. No one will ever know what happened to you, but you won't know until you open that door. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mm-hmm.